everybody. Welcome to Green Room Talks podcast, where we inform and inspire performers. My name is Lauren Kay, and for almost 10 years now, I've been performing professionally from singing and acting to hosting and television. And I've met some amazing people along the way who have encouraged and inspired me in the green room. And that's why I decided to create this podcast. I want more people to experience encouragement and have some of the same conversations I've had along the way with my fellow performers. So I had a good week this week. Uh, I had a fellow performer encourage me. Um, They were reminding me that I should not compare myself to anyone else, any other circumstance. So we were talking about auditioning and how hard it is when you see all of these different kinds of people coming from all over and starts to get you start to get in your head about how you're going to do compared to them or what you're going to do compared to them and you know that could be with anything sitting sitting outside the casting room and you hear someone belting their face off and you're like I'm not about to do that or you see somebody warming up in a dance call and Maybe they're just doing all these technical things and you're like, I'm not about to do that. I don't know. Or maybe you're seeing someone who, maybe you're seeing someone who fits a description of the role perfectly for some, I don't know, casting or a commercial or something like that. And you start to think like, ah, I'm not going to get this job. But don't think that. Don't compare yourself. Um, You just focus on what you have to offer. And you have to remember that you're your only, you're your only self. Maybe you're your only you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, just don't compare yourself. You have what you have to offer and no one else can do what you can do. So don't do that. Um, I also want to share with everyone what I had this week for my meal of the week. Maybe I'll make that a thing because I love going out to eat. I love cooking and I love going out to eat and I love food. I love Chopped. I love the Food Network. I love Top Chef. Um, anyway, so I had this deliciousness. Daniel, it's okay if you if you want to laugh out loud. <laughs> I know I haven't introduced you yet, but so uh, I'm going to tell you what I had. I had this perfectly cooked medium rare filet. I had the most perfect Caesar salad. I had the most delicious panna cotta. And the most perfect mocha latte ever. It was delicious. And all of this was enjoyed and well-received. And that was my meal of the week. And I appreciated it. So I don't know. I just wanted to share with everybody what I had and what my favorite moment of the meal of the week was. I don't know what hashtag this is going to be, but that's okay. I like my steak medium rare. So I think that's the way to have it. But if you like it any other way, that's you. Again, you're unique. But I think medium rare is the right way. That's just what it is. Anyway, today I'm just going <laughs> to we have Today we have a professional entertainer also with 10 years experience. My goodness, majority of his experience, including children's entertainment, educational outreach, and improvisation, improvisation, improvisational performing, Um, mostly, mostly and most importantly, and the most adorably, a new dad. 
all of these uh. descriptions. It's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm so excited. Daniel Collins. Hey. I give myself a round of applause. <laughs> Just a round. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, thank you, thanks myself. Thanks so much, Daniel. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for coming in today. I'm excited to be You're here. You're good at a silent laugh because, uh, <laughs> let me tell you something. I've had to learn that too. So I, you talking about steak made me think, oh, I can't remember the last time I had to say when my, how I wanted my steak. But how do you like your steak? Yeah, medium well. Ugh. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And I know that's a bad thing. I, I know. Mean, I know it's I'm your bad. Choice, but you know. But Gordon Ramsay would not be happy with me. No. No. no he wouldn't. Would you try going up to medium? Would you try? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've had medium, and I oh. like it. But when I am given the choice, you're like medium well. Yeah, I will say medium well. But medium. if I don't have the choice, I'll be like, oh, well, this is the best I can get. Okay, so at least you're not like, <laughs> I'm not having it. Because some people are like, I can still talk to it. And I'm like, yeah, have a conversation and have the meal because it's great. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's okay. We can still talk and hang out. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, get out. <laughs> Steak choices. Steak choices. One <laughs> Only medium is the... Anyway, so yeah, that's cool. Now, I, um, I don't know. I just, I just like my steak medium rare. I've always had, yeah. So that's that. Daniel, I want to get into talking about yourself. Uh, I know that you lived in Orlando as well, mm. right? Yep. So um, I feel we were probably there the same time. I was there for maybe four years. Yeah. I want to say I do the same thing when I tell people how long I've been. I'm like, I was there for like five. <laughs> yeah uh yeah like four years when when were you in orlando oh goodness i can probably tell you when i left and then we'll work back from there, there. we go let's do that uh 2010 mm. well 2010 was when i started leaving and i came back for a small bit mm. in 2011 yeah mm -hmm. so so before 2010 i must have been there since like 2007 <laughs> 2000 yeah 2007 so like all together probably made four years yeah 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 no, yeah that's good yeah so you obviously did perform you you didn't just yeah. start performing like last year yep so um where did you where are you originally from though Oh boy, that's the question, isn't it? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, it's such a hard question for me to answer because uh, <laughs> I like. Well, I was born in New York. I was born in. Uh, I was born in New York, but I didn't. I don't even remember it because I was a baby. Yeah. And then uh, my family moved to Michigan, and I lived there for maybe nine-ish years. I was like, once I was in fourth grade. It was in the middle of fourth grade, mm. and all of my teachers said, "Oh." You're moving down to Georgia. I went. I, then we moved down to Georgia, and and uh, they were like, everyone's gonna say y'all, and they're gonna talk like this. And as a fourth grader, I was young. I had no idea what they were talking about. And I got <laughs> to my my fourth grade class, and 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 in fifth grade, and, and my fifth grade teacher said, "Well, I have an idea." <laughs> and all of a sudden, expect I was like, "Oh, so that's what they mean." Because she's not talking about the animal. No. And Apple wasn't even popular then, so you can't have an idea. <gasps> That's the joke. Like, <laughs> what do you call a deer with no... What is that, what is that joke? A deer what do you with call no one, eyes. Yeah, what do you call a deer with one eye? I have no idea. <laughs> that, is, that is one of my favorite 
house. What do you call a deer with no eyes and no legs? I don't say I still have no idea. Still no idea. Still, still no. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, still. Oh still my no gosh. Yes. Though those. That's that's Georgia. That's Georgia. Because I don't. I think we talked about because I'm a Georgia girl originally. Yeah. yeah. So that's. I don't sound as Georgia as everybody else does. That's that's why I don't like because most of my life was spent in Georgia, yeah. but I don't. We so don't sound like it. If I were to say that, the next thing would always be, "We don't sound like you're from Georgia." <laughs> so I don't want to say exactly. But my all, my my parents are from New England, so you know yeah. that they're I, like, "Oh, cool, yeah." I guess I sound New England. I don't know. Yeah, don't... I've been told like there's this, and I don't remember what it's called, but it's the way. It's like this um, certain American accent. It's not like you can pinpoint it. Mm. It's like a news anchor way of speaking. So it's just very yes. American. But there's not, it, you can't say it's like Northern or Western or Southern or mm. Floridian. I don't know what they, but, but yeah. But that, when you say American accent today, mm. like it's spreading all, all over from the south to the north everywhere. everywhere. Everyone's starting to get that kind of George Bush sound. And yes. that's becoming the American voice. That's, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. But it is. Like you can still go to like you can go to Minnesota and you'll still hear it. It's yeah, and you're it's like everywhere. wait, aren't you I'm confused now. It's like where are you from? So I'm like, well, my American accent is the um, is the theatrical <laughs> theatrical I studied how to train my voice and my theater is completely yeah i know i know it's like but it happens because it's like when you have to just obviously like speak a certain way on stage it kind of it'll it'll go with you like right. you know what i mean it's not like <laughs> you cut it on and off all the time some people have to though man it's yep. crazy have you heard about <laughs> speaking of accents like if people call in to say like a I don't know, an automated service and they're from England, like, you know, the UK, England specifically. It's like they're the originators of the English language, but it doesn't recognize their voice. Oh, because, of course. So they have to like Americanize it. It's kind of crazy. To me. Well, it's it's. I mean, everyone has an accent. Yeah. But it's amazing to me that people who have a very strong yeah. accent to me, I'm like, but. It be, you're spe you are speaking normal to yourself, mm -hmm. but to me you're not. I'm I'm speaking normal to myself. So when I hear like a really thick accent, I'm like, can you turn it off? Yeah, is that possible? Because obviously they've like watched TV and they know mm -hmm. that like the way that a majority of I don't know the characters they see on TV aren't speaking like them, except when there's someone who portrays their accent. Yeah. And so I'm like, do they do they realize it first, and can they turn it off? But see, I think it's funny because like. For me, when I'm trying, so I've been trying to, I've been trying to learn Spanish and I say trying, meaning I've, I haven't tried in about a month and a half, but I am trying, I'm trying. So sometimes when I'm pronouncing things, I think I'm nailing it, but I'm not like, I cannot, the, <laughs> the word <laughs> orange, anaranjado, it's okay. I probably just cussed somebody out, but like, it's not good. And I just think my accent it's a lot better than I can do. so bad. And I'm like, what do I sound like? Am I like saying it like orange? Is that how I sound? Like, you know, what? I'm yeah. worried about that. 
So then I'm insecure. So I don't want to even say orange. I'm not going to have any orange in my house when I move to Puerto Rico. I'm not doing it. Bye. So I don't have to say that word. Perhaps but. it's perhaps it's vocal placement. <laughs> Might be. Yes. Languages are in different places in your. In the places in my. In your maybe head. it is. <laughs> <laughs> my head. Um, yeah. So, okay. So you went from the Georgia all around. You said Michigan, right? Uh, New York, Michigan, Georgia, Florida. Man, traveling, world traveler, yeah. world East US Coast. Traveler. East, East Coast. Coast traveling around town. Uh, never really been west of that at all. So yeah. why? But why go? It's just avocado toast, right? They change. <laughs> they change time zones. Like it's too it's, much. Yeah. We are the like. Yeah. We. It's our time zone, like eight, seven. So we don't have to do the subtract thing. It's like, no. oh, eight o'clock. Got it. Yep. Yeah. It is. Eastern like Standard us. Time. Be EST. Like us. Yeah. EST. Just put the B on. It's the best. <laughs> Where did you get these things from? I just made it up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going to remember all of these. But what about uh, your family? So with you and performing, did you come from... I always love to talk about family. Mm-mm. Um. Did your family always support you in what you did? And like, where did you, where did that start for you as a child? My, my mom and dad already have a love for the musical theater. Mm-hmm. And so we grew up listening to show tunes. And then on top of that, my sister got, my older sister got the acting bug in high school. And she starred in the high school production of Annie. Oh. I went and saw her do that and then i you know as a kid i was watching her and my sister and i would we were inseparable like we were we were best buds growing up how close how far apart in age uh three years oh yeah that's perfect and um and i saw her on stage i said i can do that my older brother was in the production too Mm -hmm. he was was it drake the butler the one i think like the the head butler of the of the warbucks household yeah um but i was like i i can do that I want to do that. And and so I started auditioning and following in her footsteps. And when I got to the, the high school, I, you know, I went to the same high school she did. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, now I get to be on this stage if I if I auditioned and stuff. And, and you know, getting small parts here and there. And I'm like, oh, I got to work my way up. <laughs> you know, like I caught it from there. And then, and then um, like through halfway through my high school career, <laughs> career. <laughs> My high school. Oh uh, yes, I'm, uh, yes. I'll bring my resume to the auditions <laughs> after calculus. And, um, uh, halfway through that, my my dad did stuff like he did Glee Club and stuff in college and whatnot. But then I guess after having the family, you know, he c- kind of took a backseat. Um, um, but then um, he like I went away for some sort of theater camp, mm-hmm. and while I was gone, my entire family save my older brother i have an older brother an older sister and a younger brother yeah they all auditioned for bye bye birdie a, a community theater production of bye bye birdie wow and while i was gone they all got a part and so my like my whole family oh. was in bye bye birdie and i was like i want i want to do that my, my mom and dad were mr and mrs mcafee which is just oh, adorable my gosh and um so yeah they were performing together like this yeah. is you're you're like for real for real immersed in performing and yes. everything like that. Gosh. And and so I got back from the camp and they were still in rehearsals and I was like, is there any way I can yeah. I had been part of that community theater for a little while. So, yeah. so you it, know, people you, knew me. Yeah. Um I knew I knew people who knew the network. <laughs> I know I've got connections. And um 
and uh, and so I got thrown in into the ensemble. I forget the guy's name. Mm-hmm. It's the it's one of the you know Bye Bye Birdie. The, no, oh. I do, but not well yeah. enough to know. He was like a nerd. I can't yeah. remember, but I got thrown into the ensemble and I got to do it, which was great. And uh, and then and then there's one part in the thing where there's like audience participation. Yes. And so one night when my older brother came to watch, he got pulled up for the audience participation. So we were all in the show, They're like all, the entire clan. You're like, ah, did you get pictures and everything from that? Yes. There's a picture on our refrigerator at home. That's perfect. Yeah. Just always it's, there. It's always, always there. Magnet is a magnet or it's just a, a picture? I think you that might... one's in a frame, a magnet frame. Okay. Look, that's even more than I expected. Yeah. I was just expecting like magnet but you know what step it up we printed out the four by six and just yeah keep it it in your wallet so when did what about like improv when did that come up for you Mm, well when we were growing up we would have a tv on at on at dinner time all the time yeah and um and it was almost always when it was dinner time whatever day it was i don't remember what days it was but uh whose line would be on Love. And and I would just watch that. I would, I just thought it was hilarious and I was funny and I really liked, um, Colin and Ryan and Wayne and, and I mean all the all the all the people on there and but I mean those guys were those, those were the, the three. those were the guys. Like, well, those were the three. They were always on it. Yes. Right. And then it was like Greg and Brad and Chip and those guys are great too. And I just watched that and it was just really fun for me. It was very funny and. And it was just creative, and I don't know, it didn't. So yeah, it's like for for people who may not know what whose line whose line is it anyway. So that's like, uh, there's a show. There was a show before that though, like the one that we're talking about. There was the one in England with mm-hmm. Clive Anderson, but Ryan and Colin were on that as well. Yeah, so they came. Yeah, and then yeah. they did it again, and that's when Wayne Brady. Yes. Also hilarious, like still, but um, so it's it's a show, and it's basically centered around yes improv games but it's there's a structure to it and it's supposed to be like you get points but yeah they they say it in the beginning they're like the points don't really matter so it's like ah, it is what it is like we're just here to entertain and just a, a silly gimmick yeah it's 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 the best exposure that improv theater has gotten through television i agree they've tried to do other things there was Drew Carey's Improvaganza, which was like a live Vegas show yeah. where they taped it and then and filmed it. There was another one where they did, I remember Colin and Ryan being in front of like a green screen. And so everything that they mimed in the scene would then be drawn on in post-production. Oh, wow. So it was like they were, you know, it was in the scene. But that didn't that didn't hit his heart. And I, think, I don't remember that, yeah. I think they're still doing Who's Line. They might have canceled it. I'm so far. But I think once it was with the dream team mm. yeah like yeah. with wayne and yeah i just remember that as well like watching it and i think it's one of those things with improv it's like you don't you don't realize that it's one of the most necessary skills to have but the way that the show like you said was formatted this was true like improv theater being displayed for everyone to see so it's it's straight up like you go to a theater just for improv, just to see this. This is what you do. Like, let's play this game. Let's do that. Yeah. Quick, quick, quick. So it's like those skills and really those things that help you perform just day to day, you know? Yes. So it's like 
that's important for 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 improvisers the the show was kind of a double-edged sword because it gave them exposure so when they said oh come see my improv show yes people would be like well what is the improv show are you doing stand-up it's like no, no. it's like whose line if you've ever seen that but at the same time a lot of improv wasn't what whose line did yes it's it's i mean i've seen some i've been to improv festival seen some brilliant acts um there's one act uh oh i'm gonna name it and i'm gonna ruin the name because it's so hard for me to pronounce it's like parallel phonograph <laughs> I, I, I can't pronounce it i can't you pronounce just it started they're from boxing basically they're from austin texas yeah. and and um and i i saw um them perform it was a two act uh a two person act mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure it was man and wife mm-hmm. and um they um they dressed up in these like 50s costumes and they did it completely in like they did an entire long form scene and completely in the style of like the you know like um like one of those instructional videos but it, it, it like instructor videos era like yes in the in the oh jeepers mr like you know like that kind of like yeah. this is timmy timmy doesn't know what he's doing today oh jeepers mr narrator i don't know what i'm doing today yes, you know yeah, like yeah it was just brilliant and they kept the whole persona the entire time and they're just brilliant improvisers and but like that like if you were trying to explain that if you went with whose line it was kind of like you know oh i've seen whose line and yeah it's funny but they don't get like, it no 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 it's it's more artistic there's if, other stuff yeah yeah there's there's lots of other stuff yeah. there's lots of other stuff and so it was it was a double edged sword because we gave that exposure but it was still you know that was the only kind of thing that the mass media understood about improv yeah. at the time yeah, I mm. agree. Yeah, and that's like you said, it's kind of that was the only thing people could relate to what they think it is. So, mm. Yeah. So you live in Japan. Yes. Yeah. I'm just here in Japan for a moment. Um, but uh, how did you get involved with? I want to talk about your your improv group and how you got involved with that or how that came about. Well, I um. I, I volunteer and work with the group Pirates of the Dotembori. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't come up with the name. Um, and actually, it's a uh, it's it, we it started Pirates of the Dotembori, and then the creator uh, moved to Tokyo, and he created a, a sister group um, called Pirates of Tokyo Bay. So there's two of us oh. in Japan uh-huh. conquering the land with improv uh-huh. comedy. Uh, we like to we like to claim that you know we are a bilingual improv group um in japan we like to try and say like sometimes like oh we're the only improv bilingual improv group but i don't know how that works in tokyo yeah because it's Osaka, like it's not osaka yeah as far as i'm concerned we, yeah i think we are yeah until someone comes up and goes excuse us <laughs> uh we too we are. just started a group <laughs> um, excuse me <laughs> um Anyway, uh, it's interesting. I, um, I mean, I had a lot of improv experience in in the states, and you know, ever since I saw Who's Line, I tried to involve myself in every workshop I could. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'd go audition for groups in Orlando and stuff, and and um, I even w- made a, a two man group with um, someone you're familiar with, Adam Scharf. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he was he was a I was a level two or three uh, at Sat Comedy Lab. He was my instructor. What level was that? It doesn't matter. But he was amazing. He's it was, amazing. It was level Adam. Level Adam. And it was great. It was great. He is one of the most hilarious beings yes. I've ever met and worked with. Um, anyway, we, we, we did that for a, cu- 
a couple of years and we went to festivals with that it was a two-man show and again that was nothing like whose line oh um, but it was great and um anyway so I, I i did a lot back home and so now i'm living here and we're doing this bilingual show and it's a lot like comedy sports um um which is like whose line yeah um but the thing is, is we advertise ourselves as a bilingual mm-hmm. group, and we are. We are all bilingual, but the demographic in a bilingual show is very difficult to find. That's that's probably the hardest mm-hmm. part mm-hmm. is, well, do you cater to the English speakers, the English-speaking crowd? Do you cater to the Japanese-speaking crowd? Do you cater to the crowd that can understand both? Like, how do you that's structure a show to keep everyone entertained and that's the biggest um, struggle with the reviews we've gotten is a lot of the times it's like, well, it was a lot of fun, but I didn't understand this part. And it was a lot of fun, but I didn't understand this part from both, you from know. From both sides. From both sides, yeah. Mm. It's like, well, we don't expect you to understand that part, but we don't want you, the audience, to put your brain on pause. Exactly. For the next time you'll be able to understand. So we want to find a way to still entertain, but still. Yeah, it's that's interesting mm. because like I was that's actually something I was thinking about this week is how it's one of those things where it's hard because let's say the art of let's say the art of comedy or just any any kind of performing in general, whatever intent you have, there's a time where I think like it doesn't matter what language you speak. Mm. You can still understand. But like you said, maybe a structure, that's where it can be a little different, mm. right? Like, so, like, the art of comedy, let's say you're not using words. Do you think the audience doesn't matter what language? Yes. Well, to combat mm-hmm. this problem, mm-hmm. we have done um, certain games or scenes whatever you want to call them in uh, in gibberish um so we just you know you know just kind of talk like this and use uh, broad gestures and so that's a game the entire audience can appreciate that's and understand perfect. um there are other times that you know we just kind of got to throw it to the wayside and go well we're this one's going to be straight up in japanese yeah and and the Japanese audience will really appreciate it. And there are other times where we, 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 you know, create the game list and yes, it's improv. We, we do everything improvised at, at you know, um, at the show, but of course we, we create the, uh, the whole setup and, and yeah. what games we're going to play before that. And, uh, when we get to the show, even in intermission, we'll look at the audience and go, all right, well, it's pretty English heavy tonight. So let's switch the games around. That's and, great. Yeah. And that's again, like thinking on your feet. Mm. Figuring out as you go. It's improv. Do you think, do you think, um, okay, sense of humor in an audience, like English versus Japanese. Yeah. Because (laughs) I haven't, uh, I've been to other countries, but not to do things like, it's mostly just like singing. And so it's not like I'm going to make somebody laugh while I'm, you know Mm. what I mean? So, but here I've realized more with how their sense of humor is mm. and like what they find funny and what maybe I don't want to say goes over their head, but maybe they're just like, okay, that happened. And you're like, 
that's I thought it was hilarious but it's like wait but do you think like how is that with sense of humor in general like let's say there's a game of gibberish mm. is everybody cackling or is it just like <laughs> from one side yeah we get a good response with the the gibberish because you know it's a it's a pantomime um I'm, I'm thinking specifically of one game we probably have one or two more but there's one we do quite frequently um where it's kind of like a game of telephone yeah. through gibberish and, and gesture and uh and that one goes is is received pretty well because it's a very general universal you know yeah. silliness yeah um and uh and that's what's a great thing of improv is is if i had a scripted line where i'm like oh this is a really good cup of coffee yeah it's not that funny because it's like, oh, he thought that was going to be funny. But, like, if, like, okay, the scene is Starbucks, go. Oh, this is a really good cup of coffee. All of a sudden, somehow that's funny. Yeah. Because I came up with it right then and there. I don't know why. That's just the magic improv. And, and again, uh, that's a terrible example because that wasn't funny. But, but I get it. No, but <laughs> you know what I mean. I understand, yeah. Um, um, I don't know what it is. It's, it's, it's always interesting to me. But, anyway, going back to the... Um, the gibberish there is a and i can't speak for the country of japan i can't speak for the country i can't speak for any country i get it i I can only speak for myself and observations that i've made but um have have you ever watched either the british or the the english or the american version um the the office yes you know that kind of (laughs) awkward situation it makes your skin crawl but you still kind of laugh at it because it's like i've been there before yeah yeah Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't go well with the Japanese audience. Yeah. They they like, they like this is the joke. And laugh like the, the like you know it's it's that like I have presented you a joke. It's like well, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. In in a sense, that that kind of okay, we're gonna put you into an awkward situation to make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. They feel uncomfortable, which is the expected response. Yes. But, yeah. But I feel like it's the evolution of the joke that. Um, our joke has, I don't want to use the word evolved because it sounds like it's gotten stronger or better. It's its changed. Our sense of humor has changed to where we need to be put there to make ourselves laugh. And I don't know where we got that. It's just something in the culture. Yeah. And, um, it, uh, it just interests me, though, because yeah. it's like, you know, there are some things that, let's say, like, I don't know, a good old cat video. Sometimes when you need to look... <laughs> <laughs> a good cheering up just look up some cats that's what i do um i just look up cats all the time but yeah it's like there's obviously no language needed everybody's like huh that's funny the cat tried to jump off the table didn't make it Slipped. that sounds yeah, yeah that sounds so bad ha <laughs> i didn't make it but it's like you know everybody can laugh at that but it is interesting when you obviously get into in- interactions with yeah. people and then it's like like you said, what maybe, and again, not speaking for all of America, but what we find funny to us and yeah. then to maybe other people, they're just like, well, that's awkward because I wouldn't want to stand by the printer while that happened. And it's like, no, yeah. that's not the point. It's like, you know. Well, and, and, and I mean, if it was, if it was like an office scene, you know, the, the work culture is just totally different. different. And that Hierarchies be, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, why would... You're not even supposed to talk like that. Yeah, and yeah, like for both sides, you know. Yeah, instead of the instead of like the joke of like, oh, he brought in this to the office for them. They're like, I can't believe he's talking mm. to the manager. So you know, 
and <laughs> and that's that's an observation I've made. But mm-hmm. but with that in mind, the 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 repeat customers that we've had, mm-hmm. the ones who specifically are native, like locals, mm-hmm. um, they will still give a good laugh and chuckle yeah. in those in those. I want to say a bit more American humor temperaments. They 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 come, they let go, they yeah. enjoy, yeah. and that it's always good to it's see good. that. It's, it's always like good to see it. It got through exactly bit by bit. So like um like with comedic timing itself mm. and understanding that like allowing there to be room for the I'll say the delivery to sink in. Um, how like how. How would you say, do you think that's something that is taught or do you think that's something that somebody just understands with uh, comedic timing? Okay, so I read a book so long ago. I can't even remember the name of it. Oh, but it was it was actually about stand-up comedy, which I have never done uh-huh. and I never want to do. It's like I can't imagine. Um, but um no. I and and it it it, it rings true of, of what I believe as well is it I don't think Comedic timing can be taught. Mm-hmm. I don't think being funny can be taught. I agree. I think it has to be either you're given it and you just know it, or you have to realize it and learn it through your through yourself. Like yeah. it's not something that you can sit down with someone and go, you know, it's not mathematical. No, it's not. There's not a formula. Um, and like, I think even like in a, in a, in a show where there's like a, a bit of physical humor. And the director knows exactly what would make the audience laugh if he did it, but the actor just doesn't have that. Yes, thing. they don't get it. No, so it's you're right. It's like it can't be forced. Yeah, and like you just said a second ago about how maybe you realize it. I, <laughs> I'll never forget. Like now, I'm just saying I'm funny. That's awkward. No, but it's like I remember there was what age I was like nine or I would think I was younger than that. I realized that I could make people around me laugh Mm. or I made my family laugh or I made something funny and instead of being shut down like oh you know don't make jokes or oh like nobody laughing or me not being around people to see that like hey what I said everybody's laughing like I realized that I was that kind of person so I think that yes that's when it's like you understand something about yourself that you have Mm. and if it's not shut off then you're able to kind of just keep that going about yourself and of course everyone may not have the same type of comic delivery but I think like like you you grew up in a family obviously that was like hey we're all about performing so Nobody's going to be like, be serious, Daniel. Stop it. <laughs> it's like, you're like, but it's funny. Yeah. So I think like that, like you said, it's like. We were all a bunch were... of maroons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be hilarious to just be around. Yeah. I, but and you, you said something very important is I think that one of the things that you can learn, it, if, you, if you don't just have it, of mm-hmm. course you can learn it. But yeah. I don't think you can be taught it. And, and um, if, if someone can teach it, they're they're amazing i'd I'd like to meet that person and and listen to um i I even see like um i've seen like um advertisements on facebook which i want to get rid of but 
now I'm yeah. talking about it. Yeah. Um, I know. It's like, <laughs> I saw an advertisement for, for like Steve Martin teaching a, a class on comedy. And I'm like. Like a master class. Yeah. And that's great. And I love Steve Martin. Yeah. I mean, he's one of my inspirations. But can it be taught? I, I, there's certain things that can be taught, of course. I guess the timing. That's what the, I think. The Yeah. But you, you said, you know, finding your your um your style or and also just finding your audience Mm -hmm. um i mean it's it's one of those things where it's do i think i'm funny in my own head but do i think i'm like funny to everybody else else or to to the the people around me i don't i don't think so and that kind of makes me laugh in my own way (laughs) because One of my favorite, one of my, and, and, and my wife will tell you the same thing. One of my favorite kind of comedic situations is where I am doing something that's not funny at all. (laughs) It just cracks me up the most when when I'm like, I'm doing something. I think it's hilarious, but no one thinks it's, it's funny at all. That's hilarious to me. Oh yeah. I can be by myself. And crack myself up. And it's even, I'm okay if I try to tell someone about what I did by myself that I thought was funny and they don't laugh, I'll laugh again and still be proud of whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> totally fine with it. And it's like, I'm okay. There are times where you're like, huh, that's funny. Da, 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 da. And people are like, yeah. And you're like, no, I nailed it. That's hilarious. Uh, Sometimes you just know. It's like you just get it, and it's <laughs> it is what it is. It's a, it, and and sometimes you make a joke. I do a, I do a lot of deadpan. Mm-hmm. Um, Leslie Nielsen is is one of my is one of my favorites, and and I recently I've been watching him in some interviews, and and he he doesn't he doesn't turn off, like he he carries a a, a fart machine around with him. <laughs> in his pocket all the time and um i, I just i i have i've always loved leslie nielsen and um and his deadpan and and i i i just love i love the deadpan delivery and sometimes you do it amongst friends and they don't understand you're joking and then it like just kind of the conversation just moves on and you never go back to yeah. what you said and so everyone like if you were if someone were to like go home that day and then just for whatever reason remember something you said they're like he said that, and that was weird. Yeah, yeah, they never acknowledge it. it. We never go back to that was oh a joke. I've lived so many of those moments. <laughs> and when I think about it, I go back and I'm like, that's hilarious. It's hilarious. No one knew that was a joke. They didn't get it. No. Or even better, it's like later on when they go, you know, I remember when you said that. And I'm thinking, you held on to that for that long. Like, we've already <laughs> passed. That was already passed. Uh, we're done. Yeah. It's just, oh, God, that's hilarious. No, but yeah, I I get it, and I I agree. Like, it's what I just think it's wow, something ingrained in you. But like with the audience, I mean, like with people around you, like you said, because it's like people around you are an audience, and then there's the audience where you're on a stage actually formally doing something. Like, how smart? Oh man, I to <laughs> say that. I to say how smart do you think the audience is? But it's like. Yes, I understand what you mean. Yeah. I have um, a really good friend of mine. Her name's Lara. Lara. Hello. <laughs> Lala. Um, <laughs> she told me that in the audience, there's always 15, and this is specifically for me, mm-hmm. 15% that understand my jokes. 
and then the rest of them don't. And that that was I was like, that's a, actually a great compliment for me because that's it's fine. It's, You're like yeah, perfect. I'm living in heaven that people aren't laughing at my jokes. <laughs> um, you got to get there. Yeah, no, you've got to you've got to. It's it's. And that's, I think that's why it's so important to have like, like if you're thinking from a stand-up comedian or even like a talk show yeah. to have that warm up to, yes. to, to read yes. where the audience is, like yes. what page are we on? And even in the, in the improv show, we try to structure it to, so we have a warm up show at the beginning to see where we are. And, and sometimes it's not that they don't think what they're watching is not entertaining. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to say the word funny because, you know, they're being entertained, but to get a vocal response sometimes, sometimes the audience just doesn't have the energy. Yes. And so you feel like you're bombing up there. Yeah. And then after the show, you get your written surveys or whatever, you know, or you they come up and talk to you and they're like, I, I had so much it. fun. I loved it. It's like, I, oh. You're like, did you? Because I didn't hear a thing. Great. Yeah. Thanks. You were great. And you're like, where's the applause? That yeah. I get. And it's, it's like, it's like one thing where there's no energy because they're just like, just got here. Oh, there's, yeah, huh. Or even giving the audience permission sometimes to say, yeah, like be loud and laugh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because sometimes they're like, yay. But if like the warm up is so important because you're saying, hey, use your hands, get loud. Ha ha. It's funny. Laugh. Yes. Yeah, slap your neighbor in the face. Not really. But, you know, it's like, right. Be the most. And then that way, yes, by the time the actual show starts, that's why it's so important, like pre-show stuff is so important yes yeah it's like it really sets not just for the performer the no not at all especially when it comes to improv because improv well i mean in any performance it is but like i feel like in improv the audience is part of the show exactly and they exactly being giving them permission and like you said the energy Mm. it's like it's that's interesting because it's like you warm up your body and you warm up your voice for a performance you need to warm the audience up yeah. and have them set up for what's about to happen. It's well, like, if yeah. you think of a if you think of a theatrical production, just mm-hmm. just an, a good old play. Yeah, you know, you have all your tools. Um, you have, you know, the set, the props, the costumes, and everything, and that isn't needed to tell the story. Yeah. But the audience prefers it to tell the story, and that's why we have those things. Exactly. And but in improv, if you were to tell the story, uh-huh. Daniel does air quotes. <laughs> 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 Daniel, Daniel inserts and um, if you were to if you were to tell the story for improv the the audience is part of that list of because they're 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 a, as required as everything else because they're helping you I mean there are some games where where we play where we constantly use the audience to feed us ideas while we're doing the show it's like fill in the blank it's like okay you know I'm little red riding hood and I, I'm walking to yeah, something, thing, something, you know. yeah. And yeah. They're like, ah. Yeah, and they're 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 entirely part of it. Yeah. So, you have to warm up that part of mm-hmm. and prepare it. And the brain too. Absolutely. Yeah. And that also just helps them get loose and have a much more fun time. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's interesting because it's it's it, it really is to help set them up, and then in turn, of course, like the more energy you're getting from them, obviously. It's going to help you be more creative and perform more and get motivated, pump through. I get it. I get it. Um, yeah. Okay. I kind of, there's some random questions I just want to ask you just okay. for fun. Um, first of all, what are your favorite types of audiences? Kind of still sticking to that. Oh, boy. My favorite kinds of audiences. Hmm. 
Oh, I'm going to I'm going to be a little controversial right out the gate. Oh, good. I like respectful audiences. Okay. I like audiences that come. They know that it's going to be a fun time mm-hmm. and that they're here to have fun. Mm-hmm. But they're also they also know that you know we're in we're in a theater we're in a show yeah and uh, and and we're we're here to watch it like they know they know the balance of. When I need to, are we speaking about improv or just in general? Just in general. Oh uh, well, for for improv, it's, it's the the balance of I know that I'm needed, mm-hmm. but I know that when I'm n- not, not distracting, yeah, not when taking I'm not away. Yeah, I understand. What about least favorite? My least favorite kind of audience. Um, well, maybe well, I guess no audience at all. Yeah, like because yeah. then why are you performing? That's wow. Ah, oh. well, it's it, yeah. There, 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 that reminds me of a quote that I can't remember from one of the, a play a play that I haven't read in a long time. Well, that was meaningful <laughs> in everything you just said. I can't remember the quote. Don't know the play, but it was. Well, yeah, pretty, I mean, yeah. it's it's it's, it, it's the player from Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead by Tom Stoppard, and and he he mentioned something of why you know we wouldn't exist if it weren't if there weren't anyone it's to true. play for. But that's so mean. Like, that's really, I don't know. Maybe I'm just emotional. That's like really tugging at the heartstrings. We're composing something. Zoom in on the on the eyes, get the teardrop falling. Emoji tear. Do they have that? An emoji teardrop? Just the teardrop? Just the teardrop? There's like a rain It could be drop. confused for sweat. I'm not working that hard right now. But anyway. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. What about, what's like the funniest or most embarrassing or most random audition or callback something experience you've had? Like something that happened that you're like, what? But it's funny to you. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm not, you didn't even say anything. And I was like, hmm. Like, <laughs> um. I'm sure there's more, but the thing that comes to mind is it was a community theater show. Mm-hmm. And I th- I'm pretty sure I told the director this after this happened. This is, I was really young. This is, yeah. I must have been like 14. Yeah. I don't even know anymore. But I went to this audition. It was for, I can't even remember the name. It was, it was a bunch of nursery rhymes, but they were crazy. And and the director had written the show, and the the script was it was very very silly. And then once I got to know this lady, yeah, I understood her sense of humor, and I was yeah. like, oh. You so now it. if I were to read her writing, I'd be like, oh, this is her writing. I yeah. know, I know who this is. Yeah. Um. But at the time, I was like, this is really silly, <laughs> and like, and it was like me and my sister were auditioning for it, and maybe like one or like one or two other people, and we were there, and I just thought like. The script was just so silly, and we weren't there that, like, it was, like, so barren. Like, the audition was so barren. And I was like, I I was I was looking for cameras. I was looking. I thought this was, a, like, a, hit, like a, you were a like, hidden TV show. You were like, this has to be Hidden a joke. camera show. Yeah, I was like, I was like, looking for a red blinking light. I'm like, the weird. Anytime now. You're like, uh, somebody's about to come out. Yeah. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I specifically remember the moment that I started looking for cameras like in the rafters and stuff. As you were doing it, you're like, this can't be real. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, you got through that clearly. So. Well, and then we, we, we got it. We did it. And, um, and, uh, and then the, that theater grew and grew and that's the theater we ended up doing Bye Bye Birdie at with the, with my family. Aww. 
that was our first show there. And then we got to know everyone and it was, it was really nice. So, I mean, it turned out really well, but like at, at, the, at the first one, I was like, like what? this is kind of sketchy. You're like, do I want to do this? What is happening? Um, okay. That's what <laughs> you're going to remember these, these songs later on. Um, when, hmm, how do I say, I want to ask like, what is, what's the biggest risk that you had to take at like, over like the past 10 years of you in your career professionally, what do you think probably the biggest risk was that you had to take in order to get yourself to the next step or level? Oh. It's funny to say next step or level for me because I don't know what level I'm at. Mm-hmm. I, I even feel bad. I feel like if any improvisers are listening, they're like, oh, he doesn't know anything. You're like, what? I was like, talking He, he hasn't mentioned any oh, names or techniques. God. Jeez. Um, <laughs> I know. Um, but I, well, it's interesting because um, obviously I'm, I'm li- here living in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if I were to talk about risk, it would actually be outside my performing career. But it was still related. It was is I stopped performing for oh. about almost three years. Wow. Um, and I I was just teaching, and um, what were you teaching? Well, I taught English okay. here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for maybe a year and a half, and then I got a job as um a music teacher at a middle school high school. Um, academy. Wow. Um, it was a private school and it was mostly all boys. They had just brought girls in, in the, in the, I was there for a year and a half. And then after that half year, I started my whole entire one year as a music teacher. And, um, and they just brought a class of girls in. Um, and so they were, they were in their own group. And, um, yeah, I did, um, I, I, I taught music. Um, But but I I kind of just changed it to what I could do, and I I just um, did a bunch of performance. Like you know, every every month I taught a different. Like I was like, okay, this month we're going to do singing. Yeah. This month we're going to do some dance. This month we're yeah. going to we're going to do some improv. This month was that scary um, to teach? Like the I some some people, of course, they are teachers. Mm. Um, but was that scary for you, or was that just like kind of like oh my gosh, like I'm teaching human beings something (laughs) well i have been teaching for a long time and i'd not i'd not taught um properly an entire year's worth of i've not i've not created my entire i've not created a year's worth of curriculum before that was the scariest part for me but getting into the classroom that was easy yeah like that was like like, i know how to do that we're going yeah but just like the whole the whole point of just kind of stopping this whole performing thing to go do that. And then you're like, Oh, like I kind of went out of the loop for a while. Yes. Know? Well, and it wasn't, but it wasn't so unfamiliar to me. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, um, it wasn't unfamiliar to me cause I love teaching. Yeah. It, um, I obviously have a passion for it. I've been doing it. I mean, I've done educational theater. I've been doing educational outreach, mm-hmm. children's theater. Um, and as and si- until I'm, moved away from Orlando, like since I could remember, like almost every summer I was doing, I was teaching summer camps, theater camps yeah. to, to kids. So for me, it was a lot like a really, really, really long summer theater camp, yeah. um, a whole year long. 
And uh, and it, it did take a toll on me because there's part of me that really likes to perform and to have an audience. And the classroom is not an audience. It's, you know, there are times where you can use certain techniques, but, you know, you can't treat them like an audience because it's it's a whole different ballgame. It's, yeah. it's a very personal um, uh, level mm-hmm. of, of managing things. And so there were times where I got to do um, some film work, some TV work while I was at the school, but it was very few and far between. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it did, it took an, an emotional toll on me. And, um, and there are times where it's, it's this weird split for me. Cause I'm like, well, I want, I really want to teach again, yeah, but I don't want that to be my career. But then when I'm teaching, I'm like, well, I want to perform. Again. <laughs> You're like stuck in the middle. Yeah. And yeah. so, so, you know, being in that children's theater, educational theater kind of, Ball game was very, I guess, was very satisfying for me, and I don't realize that I didn't realize that until now, mm-hmm. where I can't have the best of both worlds. So, um, yeah, that was probably the biggest risk for me, because not only was all that teaching at that time um, um, a change in career, but it was a complete change of location. That's when I first moved over. Got it. Here, to Japan. Yeah. yeah, to Japan, and so that was a huge risk like, all around. All around, but yeah. you just you just did it. And, and you just kept mo- kept moving. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, and I feel like I feel like from that moment, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of steps up yes. and levels up mm-hmm. in my life. Yes. But skill wise, like like performance, like have I have I leveled up? It's always hard for me to judge because well, we're always learning and we're always mm. yeah. I've never you know because and 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 you're you're so judgmental of yourself. Always. Yes. It never. Ugh, that's what. I was saying at the beginning, it's like you can't, you cannot compare yourself to someone else. But at the same time, it happens all the time. And like you're, you're like, oh, I should be more this, or why am I so that? But you can compare yourself to you. Yeah, that's true. And that's that's, that's what that's what eats you away sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you've got to you've got to remember to take a step back and go, hey, you know, you're you're working. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, going off of what you said, comparing yourself to others is I read, um, this book long ago. I, I hope I say the right name. It's, it's audition. Have you read audition by, I think it's Michael Shirtliff. No, no. Um, it's, it's a bit dated now, uh-huh. but, um, he's a casting director for shows mm-hmm. on Broadway. Um, but I don't think it was musical i think he's a he's a play casting director mm-hmm. again i read this a really long time ago so i might even be getting that wrong there are people listening going we'll no, that's not right i hope um, they write in and tell us what it is yeah but I'm gonna check please it correct me please <laughs> correct me but i specifically remember this one snippet he talked about um um where and you kind of touched this upon this in your i think in your first episode you were talking mm-hmm. about auditions um where uh casting directors um they're looking for a specific product mm-hmm. and you're the store mm-hmm. and and you cannot get a part because the casting director sees you and you remind him of his ex-wife mm-hmm. like that it could be just be that could be you that. could be perfect for yes. it but just because of that and 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 you'll never know that and you go home and so there's no reason to think um you know, oh, why, why, why did she get why, the part? Why yeah. did he get the part? Why did I? There's, why, there's yeah. no why in it. It's just 
Um, it's the same as if you are a store and you have these goods and there's a, a chain open next to you and they go to the store, they go to the chain store and they buy it there. It's like, well, why did they buy it there? I have it here. You know, it's just like, well, they went to where they wanted to get it. For, they just happened to go to that store. Yeah, it's but like, if, that's you, what it is. if you if you look at the chain store, they had the brand they, they, that, that they wanted. You that's didn't have exactly that brand. Right. You had your own mom and pop's brand. Yes. And, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's the same thing. And so you've just got to keep giving your product out until it hits and, you know, and, and then and then and then it once there's demand for your product, then it becomes a different thing. But you just you it's a weird supply exactly. without a demand. Like you just gotta constantly supply even though there's no demand yet until there is demand. Gosh. That's exactly right. And and I don't wanna make it sound like it's just a battle through time because I give you no. constantly supply, all of a sudden there will be demand. But you know, you've just no, gotta But that's 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 a reality. Yeah. And it all it's always changing, but it is one of those things where it's like it's a practice where you sh- you just can't dwell on the whys so much in this line of business. Like you just got to be like, well, that didn't happen. Moving right along. Sometimes yeah. you will never know. Like you said, you could just remind them. You could remind them of that person in college that poured water down their pants and they were embarrassed and they're like, I can't. No. And well, it's like, you know, they something. just need to get over that ah! one. The, your pants were wet. Gross. You did skin. pee. You peed them. Yeah. No, but it's like, it's what. Well, yeah. You'll you'll never know, and it's just you just have to. Hey, this is what I have to offer, and we got to keep going with it. It is what it is. The, yes. Yeah. Um. Can we? I've been dying to do this. Can we play a game of questions? <laughs> yes. <gasps> you yes! got me. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! No, we didn't start. That is not official. <laughs> I have to tell everyone, when I asked him, I said, hey, Tamar, can we play a game of questions? And he was like, you mean like the one they played on Whose Line? And I was like, yes. And immediately, as soon as I sent the text, I was like, I just lost. And he goes, you lose. And I, I was <laughs> hollering by myself. Yeah. Yeah. No, let's, can we play a game? Okay. This is, we haven't started yet. Sure. Okay. Okay. I'm never good at start. How do you start this game? Well, um, generally for me, I like to get like um, a suggestion like what is um, what's an event where a lot of people gather together? Okay. Producer Sam, what's an event where a lot of people gather together? What's an event where a lot of people gather together? Uh, Talking to producer Sam. Oh, sumo fighting. Like a sumo fight. Oh, so you're watching a a sumo fight. Okay. We're watching a sumo fight. Great. (laughs) Okay. And, th- and so I, I just like to get, That's you know, great. get a suggestion like that. And then it kind of paints a picture for you. So okay. it's not just a see. sumo wrestling. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Would you like to start? Am I, man, I just nailed it. I lost just now because I paused too long. Th- well, there's no, you have time to we think. We have time. But that, that wasn't, I wasn't starting. I was, see, I, I was, was ready. I was like, he just started. Like, would you like to, I was like, oh, are you being a gentleman? Yeah. Like, I was going to go, okay, okay, I'll start. I'll start. I'll start. Yeah. This is official. Here we go. Here we go. Wow. Do you think they have popcorn here? Oh, is this your first time? Have you never seen me here at the sumo wrestling match? Are your seats reserved? Do you have more than one person sitting with you or is taking up two seats? Do you know about the priority seats? How do you spell priority? (laughs) 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 Ah, So bad. Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh. I want to play one more, but we got to go. One more. We have one time, one more. Okay. One more. What's another, what's another producer Sam? What's another, that's good. Like to get a place. Yeah. 
gosh what's another uh well what what's something else a place that's a good one though yeah um what is uh what what's a what's uh, an event you dread going to okay yeah Yeah, some sort of event. You're like, I don't want to go to this. Um, Producer Sam is thinking. A funeral. <laughs> oh, oh, a funeral. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. We well, can do it. Did you Did you know the deceased? <laughs> <laughs> There's no laughing at a funeral. It's because of your delit. Did you know the deceased? <laughs> I can't. I can't even do it. No, 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 that's it. That's it. I can't. I'm literally, I think I'm too, it's, I'm going to crack up. It's because he makes me laugh. <laughs> do you know the deceased? Hmm. Have you been familiar with? Okay, Daniel, no, we'll play another time. Why I did you decide you. an open casket? <laughs> that is so sad. It's like, I just want you to just ask questions about the funeral. I can't even play. <laughs> I am, I'm one of these, I'm one of the people that will like, <laughs> You'll ask Gush like, oh, did you know the deceased? I'll be like, did you not know the deceased? It's like you get those, those like little cheat around questions. That's a fun game, though. If anyone wants to try this game in their green room or in the break room or with your own manager or with a woman on the train, just try it out. She do may you, not know what you're talking about. but Do you ride this train often? <laughs> Are you afraid of riding the train? What is wrong? Why can't I? It depends. It's like bowling. Sometimes you're good at it, and sometimes you're like gutter, gutter, gutter. Man. Have you ever gotten a turkey? (laughs) (laughs) I gotta go. I gotta go. Daniel, you've literally... That's good gibberish. I'm playing the game that y'all play. You've been great. I feel- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's been lots of fun. I feel like I laughed myself into a drunken mess, and I haven't had anything to drink. You've had some water. Yeah. For those who know me best, I have this... Why am I trying to reach without looking at my water bottle? So I have a problem with hydration. I've been doing better this year, but I promise you, ladies and gentlemen... I'm going to drink my water. With that said, Daniel, thank you for coming today. What is that? Daniel, really, thank you for, for another question. For joining. I know. No, we got, I got to practice again. All right. But speaking of questions, everyone, for questions and comments and topic suggestions, please, por favor, I'm practicing, um, email us at greenroomtalks at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at greenroomtalks and on Twitter at GRT Podcast. I'd appreciate it. Is that right, Producer Sam? That's right. I got the thumbs up. Thank you again, Daniel. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening and laughing along with us. And I hope you play questions as well. Have a good meal for yourself this week. You deserve it. Medium rare. Yes, medium rare. And if you want medium well, that's fine. But well, steak. steak. Don't eat chicken medium. That's another story because here in Japan. All right, everyone. Thank you. I'm just going to go. But my name, (laughs) once again, is Lauren K. Thank you for listening.